This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to episode 201. I love learning from other people. I love being an encourager, um, you know, sharing our story of how our family got out of debt after living paycheck to paycheck for so many years. I mean, like 78% of the population resonates with that, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're able to hit that niche and show people like, look, this is this is just one side hustle that I do, but what can you do to help get your family or yourself in a better place? I think we all likely have goals of financial freedom and oftentimes the struggle to get there is hard and challenging, but we are inspired when we hear success stories like we'll hear today with Kara of Lemons to Lemonade Furniture. She'll share what they did to pay off thousands in debt. In our refinishing tip, Ashley with Trash to Treasure shares a clever way to create drawer stops. This week's question of the week, which zebra brush do you use the most, is answered by our furniture refinishing friends, Anna with Reviviendo by Belen, Monique with the Emerald Brush, and Danny with Little Paint Rescue. Stay with us, friends. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Isn't it just the coolest thing when you hear about someone's drive and determination that leads them to reach their goals? Today, we are chatting with Kara Ward of Lemons to Lemonade Furniture. After Kara's husband lost his job during the pandemic, they knew they had to make some decisions quickly in order to pay their bills and feed their family. We'll hear her discuss that dilemma and how they not only provided for their family, but paid off thousands of dollars in debt. Hi, Kara. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So you are a furniture finisher, really born out of the pandemic? Yes, absolutely. We did not start our furniture business until 2020. Oh, that's incredible. So tell us how um, and what transpired that led to a career as a refinisher. Well, I really just fell into it. It's sort of a crazy story of how it all began. But honestly, once the pandemic hit, I have no background in this whatsoever. I actually <laughs> always describe myself as the Pinterest fail mom, meaning Ooh, I cannot. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I mean, I can't decorate. I can't, you know, design your home. I, I can't do any of that stuff. So the fact that this has come about is really still shocking and surprising to me, to be honest, even two and a half years into it now. But what ha- ended up happening was when everything shut down, you know, we were all home mm-hmm. and my husband and I have been married for almost 20 years and we've had the same bedroom furniture. It was one of our gifts that we got when we got married and it was ugly and it was dated and we were bored and we both said, you know, hey, let's paint this and see what happens. And Like I said, we had no background. We watched a bunch of YouTube videos and we said, well, it's ugly. And so if we fail, it'll still be ugly. But if we do good, (laughs) it'll be great. And we won't have to go buy a new bedroom set. And that is literally how it started. We painted our bedroom furniture. I took the most awful staging photos and just putting them on Facebook and said, hey, look what we did when we were bored. And I had people reach out to me and say, will you do mine? and a handful. And we both looked at each other and kind of laughed and said, no, (laughs) (laughs) we don't know what we're doing. This is literally a fluke. And three days later, my husband lost his job. Mm. And we said, what are we going to do? And so we started looking at those offers a little more seriously because we had bills to pay and a mortgage to keep and Mm -hmm. kids to feed. And it got real serious real fast. And so a lot of those no's turned into yeses. And we just said, you know, with the caveat of, look, 
we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> this, <laughs> this just happened to turn out. And a lot of people said, that's all right. We don't care. Kind of the same thing as ours. Like it was ugly before. If it's ugly again, it's fine. And we started doing it and it just, it took off like wildfire. It just came uh, out of nowhere and we were all sort of shocked. And, um, you know, fast forward a year later, I was able to quit my full-time job and go into furniture refinishing full-time. That's such a cool story. Now, you, when you did the bedroom suit, you guys did it together. You got done with it. Were you happy with it? Yes, it turned out beautiful. So it went from ugly to beautiful. We still have it. Yes, we still have it. And it, it's, you know, it's such a sweet reminder of this was our very first piece and it's actually in our room. So Yeah. So it is an incredible story because not only uh, were you able to survive outside of the pandemic with your husband losing his job and able to pay your bills, but there's a really cool side of the story because uh, you paid over $50,000 off of debt. Um, yes. that's like, that's amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, it was just, uh, hard work, perseverance, and a lot of prayer. Um, you know, like when this all happened, we just put our hand to the plow and, and went forward and it took us into very new and challenging places, but, we got to the point where, you know, with him being out of work, we would flip four or five pieces a week on average wow. um, with the two of us being in the garage. And uh, we had, you know, about forty-five, $47,000 worth of debt that we carried around for at least, I would say, seven to eight years. Um, and before this, we were living paycheck to paycheck. So we were able to just pay very little amounts on it and just never really get big chunks out of it. But, um, yes, during this time and going at that volume and then building the business and having all, having all the custom work come in as well, we were really able to just knock that out in a really short amount of time. Yeah. I just, one reason why I say it's amazing is because, you know, a lot of times what happens in a situation like that is it's, it's all about just like paying your bills and eating, right? I mean, because right. it's, you're in survival mode, which when you get into that mode, it's amazing what you're able to accomplish and do. But on top of that, to be able to actually pay off debt, that's just, that's, that's really incredible. Now, when you guys were doing this together, uh, what did that look like? Were you, did you divvy up who does what? Is he better at like repairing? Was he painting? Were you painting? How was that? How did that work out? Oh, uh, we share the workload really well. So it's, it was very much 50 50. Um, at this point now, he, he's had a full time job for, going on two years now. So he has, or maybe a year and a half. So he hasn't been out there with me as much as he was in mm -hmm. the beginning. But in the beginning, it was definitely 50-50. Um, I did a lot of the cleaning and the prep. <laughs> 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 the vacuuming, the spider removal, things like that. That that usually fell to me. Um, I would be the one that curated the pieces and picked them out and things like that. Um, I would tell him, this is what we're going to do. And he would just go in that direction. So Normally, I'm the way it, you didn't have him do the cleaning and getting rid of the spider webs. In the no, because he's extremely <laughs> detailed. So if there was anything like, you know, fine lines or hand painting or something like that that needed to be done, that is his territory. That okay. is where he shines. So and he's a huge perfectionist. I call him Ethan Allen. Like when he's going <laughs> overboard on something, I'm like, Ethan Allen, you need to back off a little bit. It's, it's fine the way it is. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, it's a we're a really good team out in the garage. That's so interesting. Uh, it's neat how couples, you know, how they work together and how they, you know, kind of figure out how to mesh and really be uh, quite accomplished at a at a task. How long was it before you developed a passion for refinishing? I think it was really right away, honestly. Uh, after we did the first, I would say, three or four pieces, um, it, first of all, it was fun working with my husband. It was fun being with him in that capacity and actually seeing that we can make something of that, of what we were doing. Um, so that was, it was very exciting pretty much from the jump to see that we could actually uh, make money and do something with this. And then, um, you know, it really was just a short time later. I thought, oh my goodness, I, I'm actually pretty good at this. And this came out of nowhere. And like I said, I, I, I'm still continually shocked that I know how to do this <laughs> <laughs> furniture refinishing because it just was not in my wheelhouse. Um, I come from a medical background and I've been an insurance coder my whole life. And so I'm numbers and crunching numbers. So this mm -hmm. is, you know, using a whole different side of my brain. So it, it's really fun and it's exciting. Every piece offers a new challenge. And I think that's what really hooks me in. You know, there's so many design decisions uh, that uh, are a part of furniture refinishing. So where do you get um, your inspiration from? So you just, let's say you just pick up a piece You've got to figure out what you're going to do with it. Where do you go? Right, right. So I think our situation is a little unique, and I do try to highlight this a lot on my YouTube channel because there's plenty of people these days that do refinish furniture, but they have a really hard time selling it. So I like to sort of hone in and help people um, and share it, what I do specifically. So I have a very unique market being in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. So I have a big metroplex um, of buyers, first of all, which is a huge blessing. But the other thing is, is that being in Dallas, there's a lot of trends that people follow. It's a lot of, um, you know, I want my house to look like this magazine or I want this piece, you know, it's very specific and very mm -hmm. trendy where we live is very trendy and that's what people go for. So I have to do a lot of searching on, you know, uh, furniture sites, anthropology. Uh, I go into furniture stores and look around and look at what's selling and look where the trends are going. Um, and that's what I have to follow. So I don't do a lot of antiques. Um, farmhouse does not sell for me any longer. You know, I really have to focus on what my market is wanting. And I, even if it's furniture that I particularly do not like in my home. I create a lot of furniture that I would not keep for myself, mm -hmm. but I know flies off the shelves when I post it because it's what my territory is wanting and desiring. So I'm always looking for what the trend is in my area and what is currently selling. And that is what I look for when I'm curating pieces or finding pieces at an auction or on Facebook marketplace is, can I turn this into that? Because that particular style is what is going to sell for me. How much of your business is commission versus, you know, purchasing and selling? You know, I've really narrowed it down these days. We used to be about 50, 50 for that first year, year and a half. Um, now I might only be about 20% commission. Um, I've really narrowed it down to friends or friends of friends that I'll take pieces from. And quite honestly, it's because it does limit your creativity. And I get a, a lot of my commission pieces. And I know a lot of people are going to understand this, that when you start filming for YouTube, you bring in this whole other sector where you can no longer just take a table and paint it white. That's not going to be watched. 
And so you, the commission work I do had to switch a little bit because those pieces were not going to equal views any longer. Mm -hmm. And when YouTube started becoming such a huge part of my monthly paycheck, I had to reevaluate how much commission work I could really take. And, and is that, uh, is that good for you as far as what you enjoy versus what you don't enjoy? I do. I found this whole nother arena that I really love. I want to say flourish in, but I don't want to sound, you know, <laughs> but I, I do. I really love it. I flourish in it. I, I love the community of it. I love learning from other people. I love being an encourager, um, you know, sharing our story of how our family got out of debt after living paycheck to paycheck for so many years. I mean, like 78% of the population resonates with that, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you're able to hit that niche and show people like, look, this is this is just one side hustle that I do, but what can you do to help get your family or yourself in a better place? And that has just been such a rewarding experience for me that I didn't see coming. You know, in the beginning, it's just, I'm, I'm showing you how to flip furniture and now it's turned into, let me encourage you to get you, yourself and your family in a better place. Yeah, most, there's so many people that hear that and go, Gosh, that's so desirable to be debt free, and and to be debt free is freedom, right? I mean, Absolutely. it's like you're not harnessed and chained to all of that debt, right? Uh, but to hear a story like what you are sharing is inspiring because it really helps people to realize, you know what, I can do this. I mean, I really can do this. I think yeah. the big question is, you know, am I willing to make whatever sacrifices that are necessary to get to that point? Um, and it's interesting that having come out of the pandemic or in the pandemic. That probably propelled you guys once you started seeing what was happening with the sale of the furniture that you started putting the numbers together and said, you know what, we can really make this happen. Exactly. Yes. It was a huge revelation to me when my husband went back to work and we sort of looked at each other after I'd been in my job for a decade at that point um, in the medical field, just looking at the numbers and him being like, look, you make just as much money, if not more, staying at home you know, and being able to be here all the time with the kids, you know, out in the garage doing your thing, then going into work every day. And that was a huge release, you know, just to mm -hmm. be able to like, wow, we've actually been able to make this work. So you mentioned earlier living in Dallas, and I just can't uh, pass by that without asking about weather. You know, I, just, I knew I it was coming. <laughs> I even looked at the forecast this morning, so <laughs> I was you. prepared for you. Dallas is a little weird. I mean, I think it's probably what everybody expects in Texas most year round. You know, very mild. We have hot summers, but in the winter, our temperatures are really weird. So we, you know, the saying, everything's bigger in Texas, and that's mm -hmm. absolutely true. Uh, most days in November and December, we have 30 degree changes in temperature overnight constantly. Mm. So like, um, yesterday it was 74. This morning we woke up to 34. Oh, wow. It's going to maybe be in the fifties today in my garage. And then by this weekend, we're back in the seventies again. Wow. You know, that sounds a lot like North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, oh, really? really? Yeah. I mean, uh, the temperature swings are dramatic at times. And like, I think today it's a, uh, it's a sunny day. It's beautiful out, but it's probably in the fifties. I probably, the high will be in the fifties today. And then we could have, I haven't looked too far ahead in the forecast, but uh, we could have 70 degree weather and then it could drop back down into the twenties. So it's just, yeah. it, it really varies. Now, when you get into January, February, March, is that more just straight out winter, like 40, 50 uh, yeah. degree weather? 
straight out winter. We never know if we're going to have snow or ice. Uh, it's just very cold for those two months solid. It's cold. And then mm. once March hits, then we start going right back up and we really don't have a spring. It'll go right from cold into summer weather. Yeah. You know what, man, it's amazing how close in uh, comparison uh, North Carolina and Texas are with the weather. Huh. Um, so you're in the garage. It's chilly. Do you have any kind of, what do you do to stay warm other than elbow grease? I mean, you know, when you're working, you get warm. <laughs> That's a great question. I actually was researching that a lot yesterday. So um, I normally bring my space heater out there, which helps a lot. I have a you know, big box sort of industrial type space heater that I'll turn on in the morning. And then about an hour later, it's warm enough for me to go out there. I'm looking into getting that insulation for the garage door. Mm -hmm. And I priced that out yesterday. So I think that's what we're going to do this winter is be a little more prepared. Last year, we had the big freeze and everything. and We were not prepared for that. And there was a long amount of time we weren't able to be in the garage. So I brought everything in the house, which offered its own unique challenges. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, this year, I think we're going to do a little insulating on that garage door and we should be just fine. Yeah, we think that would be a challenge for a lot of refinishers, just, just because you want to be comfortable. Uh, and, and even if you do get warm by putting on all the, you know, the jackets and gloves and all that kind of stuff, sometimes you feel like you just can't work efficiently and effectively and do that detail work because you're so wrapped up, you know, in all of the clothing. Uh, right. So it's really important to, to be comfortable. Now, so you uh, explained about how this business started. And now you're also, as we touched on earlier, you have a YouTube account. So when, how soon did you start the YouTube account? after you started refinishing? I want to say maybe eight months, right around that eight month mark. It was around the same time that we got the offer to go on the Dave Ramsey show. Once that, once I had told some people that we were going to go on that show, that's when a lot of people had started saying to me, why don't you have a YouTube channel teaching people how to do this and sort of use the Dave Ramsey show as the mm -hmm. catalyst to help launch the channel, uh, which is basically what we did. And that was really great. So yeah, I'm about eight months into it. And that, that changes a lot of things, doesn't it? I mean, you when you're in your garage and you're pumping out furniture, you're working on what you need to work on today based on the development of each piece. But doing a YouTube channel, you got to think about filming uh, all the different parts and yes. making sure you have that set up. And then the video editing, do that completely yourself or do you have, is your family involved in that? No, I do it all myself. Yep, it's it's all on me. Um. <laughs> Man, you're just like Katie Scott. You guys are just <laughs> just handling everything. Yes, she's been a huge help to me as well. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's me. My husband's home on the weekends, you know, and if I'm filming on the weekends, he he will come out there and grab the camera. Uh, which is nice because he'll get a lot of the shots and angles and do some of the setup for me, which is really helpful. But for the most part, it, it's me moving the camera around, getting the shots I need. I'm, I'm definitely the one that gets it all edited and put together. And, wow. Yeah. Any part of that that you're just like, oh, if I could just get somebody to do this part, any part of that that you're just like, well, <laughs> maybe in the beginning, because it was a huge learning curve, you know, having no yeah. background in that arena whatsoever. In the beginning, I would have loved a video editor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now I've, I feel like I've really gotten a flow. You know, I still don't understand algorithms and how that kind of works, but um, it's whatever I'm doing is working right now. So 
we'll just stick with it. <laughs> well, you know, one of the challenges I'm sure as well, if you do have somebody else, um, is that you have things in your mind about the way you want the video to unfold and flow. And, and if you right. have to, if you got somebody else doing video editing, you kind of have to make sure you take the time to explain what you're looking for. But when you're doing it yourself, uh, you know, even though it takes more of your time, uh, you're probably pretty efficient because you know what you want from the beginning. Yes, I do map out a plan before I start a piece of furniture. Um, exactly the angles and things I want to be filmed or the storyline that I'm going to tell is mapped mm -hmm. out in my head or on a piece of paper before I even touch a piece of furniture. I know what angle I'm going with it to help attract the viewer. Mm -hmm. Now, did you shift from your uh, financial stream coming from selling furniture to now reaping the rewards of having a YouTube account or are you still yes. doing both? Oh, so you did shift. Yes. Yes. Oh, we wow. made the shift about three months ago that happened. So do you, uh, is it like one piece a week so that you can have time to do the filming and the editing and all of that kind of stuff? Well, over the summer when it was really, really hot, I took a longer break from YouTube and I got about four or five pieces of furniture under my belt as far as content oh, okay. goes. And so I stay at least three pieces of head of YouTube all the time so that I am not trying to rush a project on a Thursday, stage it on a Friday, edit all day on a Saturday and post the video on a Sunday. I usually I've got it in the bank already, you know, so it's it's already there. It's already being edited while I'm working on a piece in the garage that won't air until two months from now. Well, you're a planner. I am a planner. Very type, <laughs> very type A. <laughs> yes, well, that's absolutely. That's evident. Boy, it pays off, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. And I don't feel like I'm under the gun. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm. it's a lot less stressful and I work better that way. Yeah, it is when you when you wait to the last minute or it's not, you know, I know it's not purposefully, but uh, when you're when you're doing that one piece every week and maybe it's not going as well as you'd expected and you're having to take some extra time and then you see the clock ticking away and then it was Wednesday. Right. Now it's Thursday. I mean, I, I can imagine that would be really stressful. It's very stressful. And I've gotten myself in those situations and every time I'm, I'm never doing this again. And that's what motivated me to get so far ahead. Yeah, that's good. We're going to take a quick break and then we will return to our interview with Kara. Hi, this is Kate with Kate's Reclaimed, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. My favorite brush, um, well, my favorite brushes, but I'll talk about my first favorite is the Palm Pro. And it's my favorite. It's very easy to use, to work with on any sort of piece of furniture that you would be painting. It's small, sleek, and it fits right into the palm of your hand. And the other brush that I have been gravitating towards lately is the, is the fan brush. Um, I'm kind of using this one on smaller pieces with smaller surface area and more detail, but I'm really liking the fan brush as well. Zebra, you guys do a great job. Thank you for everything that you do for this community, and I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Kate, for sharing about your experience with Zebra Paintbrushes. We so value our customer friends. So how long before you saw financial benefits to your YouTube channel? Uh, I'm going to say, well, we got monetized very quickly. We got monetized in five months. 
uh, which I think the average is between nine months to a year. So mm-hmm. we were thrilled when that happened. We were very, very fortunate to find a group of furniture refinishers who are much bigger on YouTube now, but it, we all started around the same time and we linked arms together and said, let's just constantly do collabs with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, we grew our channels that way. So the majority of us got monetized very quickly because we were all in it together, which I think is just so sweet and special. It's not a competition. I grew it with my friends, which is beautiful. And I've made some wonderful friendships through this as well. People that I admired and watched on YouTube are now you know, mentors and friends of mine through this journey, which is so great. Yeah, and you went to the Haven Conference, I believe. I did, yes. So that was an opportunity to be with some of those friends. Absolutely. And so we got to meet, um, you know, a lot of those people first time face to face, which was great. Christina Mascari, I, she's my, she's the one who taught me how to flip those, that bedroom furniture in the very beginning. <laughs> that was her. I got to call her a mentor. Now I get to call her my friend. I mean, she's been such a huge part of our journey. Um, you know, meeting Katie Scott in person after after having connected with her on Instagram and Lauren from Furniture Flipping Teacher, you know, all those people that we watch and look up to now I get to say are part of my community. And I'm honored to call them my friends because they've really just helped me grow through all of this. I think one word that would describe so many in the community uh, is just authenticity, because what you see you know, on the YouTube channels or on the Instagram reels, and you meet these folks in person and this, they're just normal, every average, everyday Americans who are kind and generous and don't mind helping each other out. I mean, that's, that's, that's very evident. It's beautiful. There's just no competition. It's a sisterhood. Um, you know, they just, they feel like family and they're, they're people that I can call on, you know, when I'm having a bad day or I need help with an idea or so it's just, it's beautiful. And and the fact that, that there's just literally, I have not faced any of the competition in it. And so I'm very, I'm so grateful for that besides healthy competition, you know, right. they, they do challenge you and they make you want to up your game and perform, but they're also there for you when you have a bad day or you need encouragement. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful community of furniture refinishers. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that too about healthy competition because competition is good. Right, it, uh, it drives us. It helps us to be better at what we're doing, and so um, that's that's always a good thing. Now, you mentioned earlier the Dave Ramsey show. Tell us who Dave Ramsey is, and then a little bit about your appearance on the show. Yeah, sure. So Dave Ramsey is a financial guru. Um, he teaches yes. <laughs> a huge class that most people know about called Financial University. Um, it's a class uh, my husband and I took Financial Peace University easily 10 or 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but And we loved it. We enjoyed the principles. We found good teaching, wise teaching there. And we worked that the very best that we could, learned how to make a budget, all that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, when you live paycheck to paycheck, it's very important to have a budget, but it also makes it very hard to chip away at large amounts of debt if you have huge amounts of debt. But putting those principles in order really helped us knock this debt out when we finally were able to not to get a little bit above paycheck to paycheck. So they came about very organically. Honestly, I, we had finally made our last payment and 
there's a picture of it on my Instagram, actually, mm-hmm, the very picture yeah, <laughs> that I put on there. That's how it all started. I just I have a board that I wrote on it. We paid off $43,000 in debt um, in this amount of time. I think it was in 18 months. And it's the two wow. of us just sitting together, smiling on the floor next to a piece of furniture we just finished because that piece of furniture was the last payment. And I tagged Dave Ramsey in it. And about 10 days later, his media team reached out to me and said, will you come to Nashville and be on the show? Mm, that's so cool. Yeah. What was it? What was it like? Oh, it was just a wonderful experience. They were so welcoming and they were so excited to have us there. I mean, probably more excited than we were to be there, which was so, it was just so nice, you know, and getting to meet those radio personalities in person, which was very Mm -hmm. sweet. And it's a family ordeal. So they brought our kids up on the stage at the very end of it and celebrated with them as well. And so they interviewed us on uh, the Dave Ramsey podcast. They interviewed us on XM radio. It went out as well. And it's also on his YouTube channel. That's excellent. Yeah, it was awesome. So what what they do is called your debt-free scream. So they talk to you about your story, how you paid off your debt, and then at the end you do a scream, like, I'm out of debt. So (laughs) it was great. It was really fun. So what are your goals for the future with your business? Wow. You know, as we go into 2023, I'm still so shocked where 2022 has taken me. I think I told you in my email to you that actually this was my goal this year. The Zebra podcast was my mm. goal this year for 2022 that I wanted to go after. So here we are, which thank you oh, so, so much. Cool. <laughs> that, that, that was the very first thing I wrote down on that piece of paper in 2021 was Zebra podcast. Oh, well, that's so. such a, that's such a kind <laughs> compliment. <laughs> it's just so, it's so kind of you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. This, I, I really just want to, um, continue growing the social media aspect of it. I do enjoy that. It, it's, it's finally, it's like the little engine that could with social media is you kind of jump into it, not really knowing what you're doing. You learn as you go. And then all of a sudden it just takes off on you. So I'm still catching my breath a little bit from YouTube going where it's been going. We just had a video four weeks ago go viral. And that's brought in a whole lot of host of opportunities and sponsorships that I never dreamed would be knocking Mm -hmm. on my door. So I'm still trying to muddle through that a little bit. Um, I love public speaking. It's something I want to do more of. So I've, I've been in touch with people at the Dallas Mart about coming there and talking to them about design trends this pinterest mm-hmm. mom they want her to talk about design <laughs> trends um yeah so and, and the social media aspect of it and so they've they've got me scheduled to do a few of those talks for the upcoming year and so there's a lot of things just sort of bubbling that i'm excited about and just praying about what direction i'm mm-hmm. supposed to just take this in so that's excellent. Well, I'm not surprised that you uh, would be interested in speaking because you articulate yourself re- very well and uh, you, you come across with a genuine authenticity, as we talked about earlier, but also just that passion and that sort of uh, that's infectious in you. And so you'll do really well with speaking. You know, I, I, I want to bring up something uh, before we close, you know, talking about YouTube. And I, I know there's people out there that are listening that maybe for a number of years have, have been refinishing furniture and they enjoy it, but they, they hear about YouTube and they're thinking, I wonder if I should do YouTube. And, and I think one of the questions that probably a lot of people have asked, at least in themselves, is, is there room for me in YouTube? Right. Like, it, like is it a saturated market 
with respect to, you know, how to refinish furniture and showing the before and after and the stages and all the processes in between, what, what would you say to that person who's like thinking about it, but they're wondering if, if it's just saturated? Right. Well, I think, you know, just sharing the story of how the, the community what the little smaller YouTubers when I first started and how we all joined together and how we much have much bigger platforms now just because we linked arms mm -hmm. um, should be encouraging. We all felt that way in the beginning. And there was like 12 of us in this group that I'm talking about because a lot of these big names were already out there. And we kind of thought, well, what do we have to offer? But you know what I always go back to, even when I was starting my own YouTube journey was uh, and this quote comes from somebody, but I can't tell you who said it. So I apologize. But it <laughs> says is in order to be really great at it, you need to either be first, you need to be best or you need to be different. Mm. So which one of those are you bringing to the table? Oh, that's so cool. it, in my mind, I, I know who's first, right? And in my mind, I know who's best. So what am I going to do that's different? Mm -hmm. And that's where I looked and took mine. Because like I said, our story was the launch pad for that. It mm -hmm. was, it wasn't, let me show you how to refurnish furniture, furniture so much, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people that do that. But I want to encourage you on how we reached financial freedom from finding a side hustle that fits our skill set. Mm, yeah, and you've done that very well. And I, I would think, too, an aspect of the whole uh, idea going into the YouTube industry would just be to make sure you enjoy it. You know, if you're you're doing something that is just you know, like if you really enjoy furniture refinishing and you, and it's just really peaceful and you're productive right. at it and you're making a good living with it, and then you dive into YouTube and it's just drudgery, then maybe right. that's not for you. Exactly. But if it's an added element of enjoyment, you may not do that well uh, initially. And as you said, it took what, five months to see monetization. So you have to right. be patient. Mm -hmm. But, you know, why not try it? Why not give it a go and see what happens with it? Right. And what makes you stand out is you, you know, nobody is made just like you. So bring your quirks, your skill set, your oh. attitude, your humor to the table, along with what you're doing. And yeah. that is what's going to make it sell. And that is what's going to make it desirable to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And well said. Well, it's a real pleasure to have you on today, Kara. And I know your story inspires so many as, as I said earlier, it's really quite incredible. And I, I love that you were so purposeful during a difficult time. And with that determination, you were able to see great success. Thank you, Lane. It's such an honor to be here today. Well, and we're going to have to have you back on again soon because you have a lot of information that I'm sure you'd love to share with our <laughs> listeners. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to share it with all of you. <laughs> no, I, I really do think that uh, the listeners would, would be like, hey, yeah, bring her back on and let's talk a little bit more about how to get out of debt by using that side hustle furniture finishing because it's an excellent topic. Yes, absolutely. I would love to share more of that. Well, Kara, sh share your social media channels with our listeners. So if they don't know about you, they can certainly start following you. Sure. I would love to have you all. Our YouTube channel is Lemons to Lemonade Furniture. And you can find me on all the socials under Lemons to Lemonade Furniture as well. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok under that name. Well, it's nice to have a name that works across the board, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. 
Well, I certainly have enjoyed it, Kara, and uh, I suppose you probably got a little bit of YouTubing to do. <laughs> I do. I've got a piece in the garage which is just waiting to be finished filming. So Sounds good. Well, go enjoy. Thank you so much, Lane. I appreciate you. Today's refinishing tip comes from Ashley with Trash to Treasured. Hi everyone, my name is Ashley from Trash to Treasured and today I'm going to be sharing a refinishing tip with you. So something I like to do when refinishing a piece is add drawer stops. A lot of times the older pieces, the drawers will go too far into the piece and it looks a little funky. So it is something I like to address um, before painting or staining or any of that. So while traditionally people use the metal drawer stops or the plastic tabs with the nail, I really like to use Jenga blocks instead. And you can go down to your local Dollar Tree and pick up a box in the game section. It's about $1.25 and the box will last you forever. So what you're going to do once you have those Jenga blocks is either measure out on the drawer lip where the drawer sits um, and see how far back you need to glue and clamp it down. Or you can also add these Jenga blocks to the back where the drawer hits in the inside. So either way, you would just glue, clamp, and you could nail in, but I just use um, my tight bond glue and clamp it down. Once it's fully dry, I can put the drawers in, make sure everything lines up great. And if not, you know, you can just use a putty knife and start over and knock out that block and use it again. So it's a great way to stop the drawers from going too far in. And I hope this helps and you have a happy holiday. Thank you, Ashley, for sharing your clever solution. Today's question of the week is, which Zebra paintbrush do you use the most? Hi, my name is Anna, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Reviviendo by Belen. The zebra paintbrush I use the most is the chiseled wedge. The angled bristles offer great versatility, allowing me to get an even coverage on trim and edges. It offers exceptional pickup, and the 2-inch design is perfect at distributing paint on any surface. You can be sure that all my painted pieces have been refinished using this superior brush. If you haven't had a chance to try the chiseled wedge, I highly recommend that you do so. Hi, my name is Monique from the Emerald Brush. The zebra brush I use the most is definitely the Palm Pro. Um, Zebra has so many amazing brushes for different uses, but for me, the Palm Pro, I use that every day. Um, I love the fit on my hands. The brush glides so smoothly. Um, so that's definitely the one I use the most. Hi everyone, Danny from Little Paint Rescue here. The Zebra paintbrush I use the most would have to be the round paintbrush. I use it to hand paint all my antique chairs for all my dining room tables. It is perfect for anything with spindles, covering detailed areas, and it really helps to leave a nice smooth finish. It's funny, I always get asked if I spray paint my chairs and the answer is no. I just use high quality paintbrushes. Thanks Anna, Monique, and Danny. If you have a general question you would like asked among your refinishing peers, send me an email at lane at enjoyzebra.com. If we answer your question on the podcast, you'll receive a free zebra paintbrush. Okay, friends, last week on our 200th episode celebration, we offered up a few giveaways to you, our listeners. 
Now, I know most of you listen to this podcast while driving, jogging, and working in your shops refinishing furniture. It makes it hard to participate in a giveaway because you have to run to your phones and either DM us your answer or email us your answer. We received some participation, but not like what we had hoped. So we're going to extend the giveaway for another week. We had two questions that we asked last week, so we will repeat them here. Simply answer the question by emailing it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com, or you can DM us your answer in, um, in our Instagram account, Zebra Painting, as I just mentioned. If you get the right answer, you will be placed into a drawing to win a prize. Our first question winner will receive our amazing eight-piece holiday paintbrush kit. It comes with a round brush, square brush, triangle brush, two-inch Palm Pro trim, two-inch chisel wedge, two-and-a-half-inch trim, two-inch Palm Pro top coat, and a three-inch top coat. Here's our giveaway question. The four top countries that tune into our podcast are the United States, the UK, Australia, and Canada. Which country is the fifth on the list? A, Sweden, B, Ireland, C, Germany, or D, New Zealand? Okay, our second giveaway question will result in three winners, and each will receive a new Zebra Open It. If you haven't seen these yet, you have to check them out on enjoyzebra.com. This is a must tool on Christmas morning and really throughout the year for everyday use. It opens, cuts, snips, slices easily and safely. Again, you can email me your answer or send it via Instagram and direct message at Zebra Painting. All correct answers will be placed into a drawing and chosen at random. Here's our question. How many total number of individual guests do you think we have had on the podcast from season one through season four? A, under 100. B, 101 to 200. C, 201 to 300. Or D, 301 to 400. Listening friends, we are getting close to celebrating the annual Golden Brush Awards. We will certainly provide more details as we near the time of accepting entries, but now is the time to be reviewing all of your beautiful pieces refinished in 2022 and to think about refinishing a piece that you have been wanting to tackle and enter into the awards. You have almost a full month left as all pieces must be finished between January 1st, 2022 through December 31st, 2022. Stay tuned for more details to come. This month's Zebra Review Contest category for December is Entry Tables. Our featured judge is Katie Cloud with Katie & Company. She will be choosing her favorites and then sharing those with the remaining judges to then choose the top three. Those judges are Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, Katie Scott with Salvage by Kay Scott, and Lauren Schwachina with Portland Rose Studio. In order to enter your refinished entry tables, you must use the hashtag ZebraEntryTables. You can enter any entry table you're finished in any style, any color from January 1st, 2022 through the end of this month, December 31st, 2022. A big thank you to this month's sponsors, Surf Prep Sanding, D. Lawless Hardware, The Real Milk Paint Company, and Zebra Paint Brushes. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to any of the judges or send me an email. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebras Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode, along with information about today's guest, is also featured on enjoyzebra.com under the podcast tab at the bottom. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share them by sending your emails to me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and happy refinishing.